Welcome to the Untaming Femininity Podcast. I'm Igena Gerasi. And I'm Sam Allen. And we believe that untamed women are real and powerful. Our podcast is all about inspiring curious women like you to speak and live your truth and to express your femininity on your own terms. Tune in for your weekly dose of depth, lightness and heartfelt shares. We're so excited to have as our guest today in our show, Usma Muhammad Ali. Usma describes herself as helping people adopt and adapt to change. She started her career in therapeutic communication, studying the mechanics of speech and language therapy, moving into corporate communications, then extended into change management and corporate transformations. Over almost 20 years, she worked in-house and as a management consultant in several industries from pharma to financial and professional services. She's fascinated by the process of behavior change and is exploring formalizing her experience as a coach into a fully certified one. She's British, married and based on the tri-national borders of France, Switzerland and Germany. Welcome Usma. Usma, we are super curious to hear all about your journey to self-awareness. Where did it all start? Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Megana, for having me on Untaming Femininity. It's a real joy to be here. I would say that my journey has started because all my life, I feel like I've been looking down the wrong end of a telescope. And finally, I've turned it around and I'm seeing new perspectives. Let me explain what I mean by that. There are two existential questions that I've pondered over like most human beings do at one point or the other when they experience change or want to take on a new endeavor. And those questions are, who am I and what is my purpose? Until last year, I would say that I had two default almost like automatic responses to dealing with these questions. And the first way is, I call it the Dr. Pepper approach to life. I don't know if you remember the drink, the fizzy American drink that has the slogan, try it, you might like it. And so it's what I call my trial and error way of exploring who I am. And so that was one kind of strategy. And the second has been, you're not enough as you are which was really about looking for a way to gain external help from like self-help books, psychology, science, any answers that helped to develop myself and give me a sense really of who I am. And it sounds almost a bit ridiculous saying that out loud for the first time, but there you go. And I would say that those were the first, these were the two ways that I used to kind of help understand who I am. But I also think now that these are experiences of cultural conditioning. What I mean by that is take trial and error, for example. I did activities that were seen as adventurous because that's how I wanted to be seen. I wanted this social cachet and the social capital. I was doing crazy things like free fall jumping into the uh, Rio Maipu in, in Chile or doing 100 foot abseils, 100 kilometer bike on 100 seems to be the common theme here but um, I really enjoyed the challenges that I set for myself 
but I have to say it didn't help me understand who I was because what I needed to do was actually the stuff that Western society doesn't get particularly excited about. And it was like less doing and more being. So by that, I mean spending time in silence, developing a meditation practice, being kind and being compassionate to myself. Because you know what, all of that would mean that I'm being antisocial. I might be kind of labeled as being different, maybe in like inverted commas. And it just doesn't compare to climbing like, say the UK's highest mountain, Ben Nevis, which by the way, brackets tick. And I think all of that made me think that the path to answering who I am, you know, what I'm here to do lies actually through vulnerability and developing deeper self-awareness by doing things that I just mentioned, like meditation. Wow. And when you say that word vulnerability, that just gets right in my heart straight away. And listening to your words and feeling into them, I really get a sense of you in this kind of transformation that's coming now from the inside out. Mm. Like, oh, yes. Yeah. Mm. I also have so many questions to everything that you said. There's so many deep things coming from all your story. I'm curious about what was actually the tipping point How did you turn that telescope around? What happened? I think I underestimated maturity. So that's one thing. As you kind of get older, I just felt like, hold on, these techniques and these strategies I'm using just feel so random. I must have the answer within me. And and I think if you go through it enough, you realize that actually these patterns are not helpful for you. And so that was a mini, I was just getting tired of doing the same thing and not getting anywhere closer to my goal of understanding who I am. But a second, more tangible thing, I went to a workshop, I think it was called The Science of Happiness, that was led by my ex-colleague at Roche called Max Weigand, I think. And he's got his own YouTube channel. But basically, he did this really cool session where he quoted a fact by a lady called Sonia Leo Bimersky, she's a positive psychologist. And in it, he said that only 10% of happiness is determined by your external circumstances. And 50% is fixed by your genes. And a a whacking 40% of happiness is determined by your mindset, your actions, your attitude, your optimism, the way you handle situations. And I thought to myself, Well, first of all, that shocked me, to be honest. I had never come across that fact before. And I thought to myself, why have I put so much reliant on only 10% of my life on these external situations? Recently, we're going through the pandemic. So a lot of people I know have been affected by that. Or the weather, the weather's totally miserable, so it's going to affect my mood. But actually, if you believe, and I started to shape my belief a little bit more towards, I control my own happiness by my own thoughts. Well, and I love the consciousness you have around that. And I'm really curious to know more about this mindset part. What has shifted in you in terms of your own mindset? I think something that you said a bit earlier, actually, that instead of an outside in approach, it's starting to take an inside out approach. That's the major shift. 
if I start thinking of my intention, for example, my intention to be here today is to really share with your listeners quite an intimate journey towards being a fuller woman and to maybe through my vulnerability, I might actually help someone and they will feel less alone and more liberated. So that's my inside out approach. And I don't know what the outcome will be, but if I took an outside in approach, I probably think I wouldn't do it because I would think, well, what's in it for me and start try to control the outcomes. And so it's made me feel a bit more open to opportunities, a bit more relaxed, a little yeah. bit more playful, even, you know, like God, not so serious all the time. I think that's and just being open, really a lot more open to opportunities. I just see you like a real explorer out there in life, getting curious, seeing what wants yeah. to come following different avenues and like yeah just finding joy in that actually I hear a lot of joy in what you're saying I feel joyful today I just mm. think that this is a Sam you and Megana have what you're doing is really important work and it will help liberate other women who are in the same boat really thank you I'm also curious because you mentioned vulnerability mm-hmm. and what's your journey with vulnerability Yeah, I think vulnerability traditionally has been not really seen as a bit of a strength, especially like in the workplace. But I would say it's one of the biggest misconceptions around vulnerability is that it's not courageous, but I think it sits on a spectrum. You really can't, for example, go through the journey of inner and personal transformation if you're not willing to be vulnerable and change your sort of self concept because you can tell yourself stories that aren't really you or are stories that society want to hear about you but until you are vulnerable and really you take off uh, like your armor that you know Brené Brown talks about but until you're really honest with yourself and see yourself as you are the reality then you can accept yourself and then from there move on to responses that kind of makes sense you know to the situation vulnerability is it's just seen always as a bit of a no-no talked about it once to a german speaker and apologies to any german speakers but somebody said it's a weakness there are some cultures that you don't even dare to be vulnerable because that's a weakness exactly i'm curious to know how does your armor look like it feels like now you have worked with your armor right so what what mm-hmm. did it used to look like heavy clunky didn't kind of reflect who I was and actually now I think that armor is even too small for me I hope it will be shrinking I think I'm really I'm imagining like metal and I'm really hoping that the new me the 2.0 me will be forged in this fire so maybe I won't need this armoring and maybe something new can come out of it and perhaps I'm a catalyst there's something about the energy changing I'm curious also in terms of behavior, patterns, thinking, how did your armor look like? What was this conditioning that you were putting up as protection? Oh, that's such a deep question. I think I was probably presenting myself as a little bit small, so a little bit helpless, where actually I did have answers to problems. I did have solutions. And I don't know if this is agenda thing kind of maybe I was not being more forthcoming with uh, what I wanted to say like actually my intuition is a good guide and uh, I kind of kept myself like 
stumm, to instead of like saying actually in a meeting, for example, just get out there and just say what you want to say. It's like it wasn't kind of trusting myself. And it is a process. Like I do have to think, well, does it make sense to say things? But in my behavior, for example, working on my inner transformation has meant that it's given loads of psychological courage, which has then fueled moral courage. And by that, I'm now working and really interested in this complex topic of race relations. What does it mean? How can we change society's views on it? How can we change mindset? It would be something that even, I don't know, a few months ago, it would have been impossible for me to have thought, wow, I could speak about this. And so it is quite a big change. I always knew I had a strong voice, but something was holding me back. So perhaps it was the story I was telling myself, my lack of wanting to be vulnerable. But in that vulnerability, I think I'm showing a more authentic self more real you know what it almost sounds like you had a wake-up call that's what Mm -hmm. I get the feeling of like I'm curious Mm. what was that moment when you actually realized wow I want to change this and it's going to start now I think with the with the moral courage it was definitely the world events almost the intersection between my awakening on my personal journey intersected with unfortunately the George Floyd murder And then on top of that, uh, around my birthday, which was end of June, I was talking to my dad and he was telling me about his story of being discriminated against as a person of colour for 40 years. And, And I thought, God, this has to stop. And so all these things started to kind of coagulate. And I thought, I don't know, I had a an energy. So I think sometimes the energy that we use to hold this heavy, clunky metal armory for me, it kind of takes us away from the energy towards being something good for society, yeah. for the world. And so I felt released. I was really, those old kind of condition patternings were starting to kind of come away. And I thought, hold on, I, I think I can do something here. So yeah, so I started. Wow, that's an incredible story. And I hear the energy in that release. And I'm curious, like, where does that take you now with your mission in life? Mm. I mean, for a good, almost like 20 years that I've been working, I've been in the field of change and communications and working in several different industries. It's been really great but it's been quite sort of hard change. Okay, this is an unprofitable business. We're going to divest it. This is a profitable one, so we're going to buy it. We need some help for this. We need to change the culture. So I've done this, a lot of change work in sort of seeing behavior change in sort of corporates. And now I think I'm quite curious to see whether I can help to change mindsets to help people create more human-centered workplaces or a more just and equitable world which starts to sound really quite fancy but I think that's where my passion is so really big large-scale change and whether that's in the corporate sphere or outside of it I don't know but also I've got really curious going through this journey I've also become curious about helping other people go through it as well and so I'm kind of exploring whether I should like formalize my experience as a small C coach into a fully certified one. And I know you both are co-active coaches. And so 
that's really encouraging and I do believe that we are creative individuals and we do have the answers we just need some help bringing them forward bringing them out yeah and I'm absolutely confident that you are helping so many women right now by sharing your story that are listening in so nice thank you that's that's wonderful I'm thinking about listeners here really wanting to get some tips actually from you because right now there's so much going on in your personal development and like what would you say would be the starting point for somebody that wants to go on a similar journey and doesn't really know where to begin? Mm -hmm. Absolutely I probably got three tips and none of them are easy (laughs) so the first one would be get curious like really by that I mean look at yourself look look at yourself not with your conditioned eyes but with your heart eyes with your soul and start to observe patterns so are you seeing the same people the same situations happen again and again are you triggered by them what happens when you get triggered by them are you attracted to the same kind of people again and again only to be hurt so I think that first part get curious is all of that and I think the second um, piece of advice is I would say get a coach because a coach can really help you feel what you need to feel and then deal with the actual uh, work the hard work that needs to be done which is also simple in a way and can sort of rent their ears and and help you actually heal properly as well so you actually do change you know instead of backsliding into uh, unhelpful behaviors and so and the third would be be really kind and compassionate to yourself this isn't time to be super ambitious it's a time to give yourself time if you need to do mundane tasks like you know your tax return or I don't know other administration it's going to take longer if you go through this journey you will have to be prepared to be a lot kinder to yourself and not judge yourself in the process. Oh, such wise tips. And I loved the idea of seeing with your heart eyes that really Mm -hmm. just touched a chord in me. And the feeling and dealing that really kind of activated the poet in me. Megana won't be surprised. (laughs) (laughs) And we landed on like this whole big topic around self-compassion, which is just so huge and so very important and I really would love to ask you Isma like in what area of your life do you want to even offer yourself a bit more self-compassion right now? Even more self-compassion I think thanks to meditation I am basically being less judgmental but I could still less critical um, to myself and one way I'm kind of dealing with that is through journaling which I've done strangely enough ever since <laughs> I was 11 and three quarters. And it started with, this is how my day's been. Uh, it's very kind of like twee. Uh, into now thinking actually problem solving, but, and I don't mean that in a kind of mathematical kind of way, but thinking how could I be my best friend in this situation? Like quite sort of self-soothing. What's also helped has been once writing a letter to my gremlin, which is a saboteur, and I had this thought, I was invited to a a panel talk, and I thought, well, what do they want to hear from you? The other people are a lot better than you. Stop thinking that you've got anything useful to say. And so I wrote my letter to my gremlin was only a paragraph long, and I said, you know, dear gremlin, look, I really appreciate your thoughts. I know you don't want me to get hurt, 
you don't want me to feel really bad about yourself, about myself. And I thank you for that, for your perspective. It's going to be okay. And I think that what I'm learning is that instead of batting away those negative feelings, pushing them out, and they only come out like a sausage machine somewhere else, I'm actually acknowledging them. And I'm things like journaling are helping me to accept who I am. The ugly parts, as well as the beautiful parts, and we all have them, but we're often too concerned with sharing the beautiful parts and the shiny parts to everyone else. But I think as long as we can see that we, we do have this negative element as well, we can see ourselves as whole. Self-compassion is it's just so important. And the more you have it um, in yourself, the more you can offer it to other people. So I feel like I can, as I'm deepening it for myself, I've always noticed friends, family, colleagues sort of wanting to speak to me about their issues and I will hold that for them. I think I'm developing the capacity to do that. Uh, what comes to me there is like the more we can be with stuff in ourselves, the more other people are able to do the same. So you're actually being quite an ambassador for that and allowing it so much for other. Exactly. And I love what you talked about, the wholeness, because that is what makes us real and powerful. Actually, yeah. you also talked about that everyone is a leader. Basically coming from that perspective, yes, we are all leaders. We are, we are all responsible for our lives and creating the world around us, Yeah, right? No, no one's going to do it. This is my learning, right? Like no one's going to do it for you. You know, there's no like buy off the shelf solution or do this or magic silver bullet, whatever. We actually have to take that journey ourselves. And some people are really lucky and I don't know, they are so balanced, but I think, I, I don't think I'm unusual uh, in thinking that there is that pattern of conditioning we learn as a child what, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, until we start to look and, you know, shine a torch, you know, into that unconscious, subconscious area. We won't really fully be ourselves, our authentic full selves. Absolutely. Yeah. And wow, your authenticity comes through. It just oozes through, not just in what you're saying, which was incredible, which is incredible. And you have a lovely voice, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, uh, also from your energy, there is an energy about you that you can feel that you've gone on this journey into yourself and you can feel the integrity with which you're going on that journey and continue to be. And it's inspiring. It's, um, I would say it's like a, it's a deeply spiritual journey. I used to, through all my self-help books, I kind of God, I had like rows and rows of them. I still love them, but they're making a bit more sense to me now as I go through this sort of transition and everyone's unique, but we are also really connected as well. And I, and I thank you both because I'm learning so much <laughs> as I'm talking to you as well. But yeah, it's definitely a journey, I would say, yeah. It's interesting because what you were talking about, now the, those books make sense to you. And I feel there is also an element of being ready and the right timing as well. Because yeah. I remember also when I started my spiritual journey and everything, some of the things I wouldn't understand, they wouldn't land. It's just like, it yeah. wouldn't make sense. Now when I read, it's just like a totally different experience of the same thing that I've read before. You know, um, I'm smiling ear to ear because you are absolutely right. And sometimes you can also read 
like you can read a book uh, on spirituality and think oh my god while you're reading it this doesn't make any sense to me what the hell are they talking about and that's my critical kind of voice and I'm thinking I'm reading it with my mind but when I read with um, Sam like my heart eyes I don't need to reread it and pick it apart I can actually understand it but then I wonder how can I understand that but then that's the magic I think and so I'm kind of taking step by step there's so many people now living and who are dead who have gone through these journeys and I kind of am just starting to understand like wow I think I understand what you mean I'm not sure I 100% understand but you're absolutely right It's it's a matter of being in the new mindset and then things make a lot more sense it's almost like you're understanding from a different place in yourself Mm, definitely and there's such a lovely newness about that right yeah I mean it's always been there though (laughs) never really acknowledged it and and I just think that's why I guess my plea to listeners is that just wake up a little bit to the conditioning and the cultural conditioning that tells you you've got to be a certain way you've got to look a certain way you've got to have these shoes and this handbag to be happy and actually you know what if you're buying lots of stuff you might that would also be an indicator about get curious like what's happening your wardrobe is full of great clothes but actually you're empty why so I think a little bit of waking up to what other people tell you versus what you feel and if there's a gap is so important to look at that definitely very true and I feel to go into that having that curiosity it does take a lot of courage right Yeah, (laughs) definitely. And energy, but it's energy that you will have as you get a little bit released as well, right? Kind of, you're not wearing that. Now I've got this image of like a knight's armor (laughs) in my mind, clunky kind of, you won't be using energy on that. So then it's a case of, yeah, okay. And for me, like, I know that the emotional brain is separate to the language brain or the language part of the brain. And and I think that's why I like to capture what I feel like in words, sometimes scribbles, but it helps me process what I'm feeling. And my husband bought me like a, a really some beautiful notepads and a really fancy pen, which I've got here. It's like got a, a henna design on it. And it just makes it really kind of a nice experience to sit and just spend some time by yourself and not have any agenda about what you're going to write about, but let it come. And when you trust into that, like just thinking about the conversation we're having today, look at all the metaphors that are coming, you know, look at all these different little nuggets of wisdom that just pop up. I just want to say to our listeners, the more we trust into being in that inner world, the more we grow and the more we have impact. Absolutely. That's beautiful. Well, we are so honoured to have had you on our podcast today, Usma, and it's not quite time to go. (laughs) Now is the time for the infamous wildfire round. (laughs) So don't worry, it's not... Let's do it, let's do it. (laughs) So you just get two choices and we take it from there, okay? You ready? Okay, okay, go for it. Mountains or beach? Mountains. I thought you might say that. (laughs) (laughs) suit or dress Hmm. I think it has to be dress as I'm wearing one definitely Ah. candlelight or roaring fire (gasps) oh roaring fire yes 
night out or night in? Actually, given the virus, I think it's going to be night in. (laughs) (laughs) We've had a fair few one of those these these days. Dr. Pepper or Coke? Ooh, I think Coke now, knowing what I know about myself. Yeah, I thought you might say that too. Mm. Thank you so much for playing, for sharing, for bringing your full vulnerability and all of your articulate heart eye thoughts on the topic of vulnerability courage and so much more thank you very much it's been a really great pleasure and your listeners want to connect with me on linkedin if they've got any feedback i'd be very happy to hear thank you for the opportunity thank you thank you thank you for listening to the untaming femininity podcast Join our inspiring tribe of women on Facebook to experience a deeper connection with yourself and to feel the empowerment of female solidarity. Tune in next Sunday for your weekly dose of depth, lightness and heartfelt shares.